When looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another great show lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsors. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Are you currently renting your home? Give Team Aylesworth, Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Real Living First Realty a call. Trust them to help guide you through the home buying process. With interest rates as low as they are, now is a good time to take that leap into being a homeowner. The award-winning customer service team is ready to make you their priority. Call Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Make owning a home your reality today. Thank you so much, sponsors, and thanks to all of you for choosing to tune in today. Last week, we had Philip Elke for part one of Joy and Animation. I am so thrilled to welcome back Philip. Hello. Hey, hey. I, what voice are we doing today? <laughs> um, I do. Uh, hey, hey. Uh, Babu, Babu Frick uh, from uh, Star Wars, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. No, um, hey, hey. Uh, I can't do a voice right now. My voice is kind of hoarse. Um, it's the weather. It's the rain. <laughs> Tomorrow is May the 4th. Yeah, that's right. We timed this out because we wanted to have May the 4th be with you energy, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So last week we started talking about joy and animation. We heard a lot about your passion and I felt like, my gosh, we were just getting started and we actually gave the audience homework to listen to the Thodcast, which is your podcast. So before we get into yours, let's talk about podcasts a little bit in general. When did podcasts even start hitting the scene? Well, it originated with the iPod, I believe. That's that's where we get the term podcast. Um, <laughs> when was the iPod first released? 2005, 2006? Oh my some, gosh, I don't even remember. 04, maybe? But um, it, since then, of course iPods have been surpassed. I, I think they still manufacture certain models of them, like the shuffles maybe, but because um, you can still buy straight-up MP3 players and still, and people like to use those because they don't get obsolete quite as quickly as phones do. But uh, now I mainly listen to music on my phone. Either that or my, uh, my PlayStation Portable, my stupid phone ring right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, store MP3. My, my hi-fi system at home is my um, my PlayStation portables that I collect and store uh, MP3s on. Uh, one day I'll have to upgrade to something that can carry like more high-resolution FLAC files or something. <laughs> oh my gosh, Philip, you're like so like going over my brain cells right now. So this, I'm I'm actually kind of infatuated about podcasts because now keep in mind I'm of a certain age, so yeah. this all this technology stuff for me is like oh my yeah. gosh. However. 
I would say it was probably about four or five years ago that I really started this term podcast for me was like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I can actually listen to these people's things Mm -hmm. while I'm taking my walk and I can download it and I can actually fill my brain with some good things. I mean, there's some amazing podcasts out there. Yeah, I I guess probably the earliest ever were in the days of the Internet when people were just kind of uploading audio files willy-nilly and and people realized you could just record your own radio show and share it peer-to-peer online um you know on on mp3 and of course that's exploded into this whole new internet radio industry Uh, and and it's fascinating and of course some of the earliest podcasts i listened to were just radio shows where they made them available online um, but nowadays, yeah, I listen to tons of <laughs> audio and it's, uh, it, you know, I, I, it's just fun, yeah, addictive, you could say, but it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty loose. I think most people who listen to podcasts don't insist on necessarily getting around to every single episode. I kind of do. I'm a bit of a purist, uh, but, um, I, I, I listen to quite a few, so it can be a struggle <laughs> sometimes. I want to know what some of your favorites are. <laughs> well, I yeah, I know. There's a few. Like, um, there's a Star Wars show I subscribe to. I'm, I'm like a patron of, too. So you can hear me on the, the patron feed um, if you actually, like, pay a monthly subscription on Patreon. But um, it's called Rebel Force Radio. That's really fun. Um, they, they keep things pretty light and positive but they're very detailed like they're very you know jason and jimmy are are heavily into um just all things star wars and they have been since um you know the 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 original trilogy came out back in the early 80s um and then yeah there's um uh you know the relevant podcasts the christian themed podcasts and mosaic uh church in la uh mcmanus he does a podcast with his son called battle ready i really enjoy that um there's a gosh (laughs) paranormal podcast i listen to i won't say the name but uh, you know just all kinds of fun stuff um you're you're like really eclectic i love this about you philip you you're one of those individuals this is one of the things that i enjoy about you is that Mm -hmm. you you embrace life. You look at all these different facets. You look at all these different perspectives and mm-hmm. you take it all in and you apply it to your own learning and how you choose to live your life. Uh, I'm a, an epistemophile. I, I love to collect information and I don't know, there's Strengths Finder, Strengths Quest, whatever it's called. Like, um, one of my primary um, attributes was input. And I remember that. I don't even remember like all, I think there's five of them total, but um, that that stood out to me as like, I'm just a voracious consumer of things, of information. I lament my lack of output in many ways, but um, you know, if you want someone who likes to absorb a lot of different information from various sources, um, I'm very much like that. I wish I were more into yeah, words on a, a page. I've I've always struggled to like really absorb that you know text uh, without like falling asleep, uh, <laughs> which is why I I like sort of found college to be a bit of a struggle at times. Um, but you know you just have to learn how to you know, do that kind of almost photographic method of just mm-hmm. like gleaning the important 
details from from a block of text and not necessarily go word by word unless it's something really crucial. Um, but yeah, just learning how to process information is a big part of animation in general. And that is just such, it's, it's like the super high bandwidth level of information processing that you have to do in order to comprehend animation and to be able to do it. And I can't do it. I've never attempted it. <laughs> um, we all have things that yeah. we are good at, right? Yeah, I, I've done a little, a handful of like sketching since I started really getting into animation. But I, I just love the philosophy of animation. Well, there's a, a couple of animation podcasts that I've listened to over the years. Uh, one just specific to voice acting called Talking Tunes, uh, and that's fascinating. A guy who does voice of um, like he's he's mo- maybe most famous for Pinky from Animaniacs. I love to do the Pinky if I can try. To <laughs> and uh, of course, Pinky's uh, famous for being partnered with uh, his um, uh, counterpart, the Brain. <laughs> and uh, that that's one voice that I've sort of tried to practice over the years. Eureka! Are you pondering what I am pondering? It's basically a take on Orson Welles. Um, and then there's uh, the Bancroft Brothers podcast, and they're coming at it from like the mechanical, uh, you know, drawing uh, aspect of it. And like there are two brothers who graduated from Cal Arts, uh, which is a school that filters through a lot of Disney talent. It was founded by Walt Disney in Santa Clarita, um, uh, you know, a place that like I was well out of my college selection era before I really heard about it but like oh it kind of piqued my interest when I when I first heard about it and you don't necessarily have to go there for drawing but um they, they have all sorts of different like um filmmaking type programs or arts programs um but these two guys the Bancroft brothers um they're actually very open about their faith on the show too which is cool and they um did a ton of work on a lot of the classic Disney films from the 90s uh, one of the brothers, um, I believe it's Tom, no, Tony, Tony, I think, actually was a director on a Disney film in the 90s, Mulan, in 1998. That's yeah. one of my favorites! Mm-hmm. So these guys just had a very long and, and storied career. Um, they, ta- they talk about animation on their podcast, the Bancroft Brothers Podcast. They've also worked in uh, Christian entertainment as well. Um, one of them, I think Tony, still works pretty heavily in mainstream animation and was doing work on on the new upcoming uh, Space Jam movie because there'll be hand-drawn animation in that. It's pretty cool. Uh, Tom did a lot of work with um, Big Idea Productions, you know, VeggieTales, yeah, Bill yeah. Fisher. Yeah, I was just thinking VeggieTales. Yeah, they recently had an interview with Mike Naraki and that was fascinating hearing kind of the the legend of big idea productions and the ups and downs they went through Uh, you know there's a memoir by phil vischer about that whole enterprise and i don't think big idea if it exists still it's really a name only because they kind of went under after some financial troubles trying to expand a little bit too quickly you know they wanted to do a, a major release with that jonah film back in the early 90s and that just didn't financially pan out for their company uh, so they got bought out by someone else. Um, but that was such a huge phenomenon in the 90s. Oh my goodness, the 3D yeah. animation craze and, and the video, you know, Christian animation videotapes were, were a big deal. Um, of course, nowadays everything's online. So 
um, you know, we've kind of moved away from physical media and, and that makes it a little more difficult to monetize things. Yeah. Um, but they, I think he is working on a new series now, Tom Bancroft with Mike Naraki called like the Dead Sea Squirrels. That's like a web oh my series. Gosh, I love it. <laughs> uh, that's back to classic 2D animation too. Um, so yeah, a lot of fascinating things going on now in, in animation. It kind of sky's the limit. With oh what my they gosh, can do. it is. <laughs> so let's talk about the Thodcast. Sure. I want to know about how you got this brainstorm for it and how you started developing it and, and just kind of fill us in. Yeah, I, I mean, because my prospects for like having a career in animation aren't, you know, the most straightforward. Um, it, you know, I just had to get my love for the medium out in some way and, and I figured why not just record a podcast, you know, try to keep it up weekly. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of boring to listen to someone talk by themselves. Uh, and I, at the time I conceived the show, wasn't in any position to go on any half hour monologues. Uh, my, my brain, I think, was a little bit more scattered than it is now at the time. I was spending a lot of time behind the wheel driving Lyft in Los Angeles. Um, and, but I came up with this idea of trying to uh, con my brother, no, um, uh, to, you know, persuade him to, to partner with me on just doing like brief kind of half hour shows, maybe uh, talking about just a subject related to animation, whether it's a film or a TV series, you know, maybe the first few episodes of a show, um, just whatever happened to be going on around that time or if we wanted to talk about like something from from back when we were younger um just whatever kind of sparked our interest and uh i thought that would be a simple concept for a, a way to have an outlet creatively for myself um like i said i'm i'm much more invested in the input side of my life and uh, i needed to have an output, otherwise I would have gone crazy. <laughs> um, so, th so thus the Thodcast was born. It's actually somewhat also germinated by an idea I had to do a Frozen-themed podcast because there are millions of Star Wars podcasts out there, but like other franchises also have their dedicated podcasts. Um, but there's probably not any like specific Frozen podcasts. And I'm a huge Frozen fan. Um, and, and we have dedicated special coverage to that subject specifically, like when Frozen 2, the trailer dropped, I was like, <laughs> I, and I, and since we, we started doing the Thodcast, I've had other friends come on to help me out with it and including friends that are, are really into Frozen or like more the princess stuff, uh, cause they, they work as princesses professionally, uh, like parties and events. And, uh, I was like, we gotta talk about this as soon, you know, as soon as that first trailer hit. And it looks so awesome. Like the, that first, um, Frozen 2 teaser trailer, she's like on this, um, Elsa, you know, is, um, standing on this shoreline. It's dark. It's very atmospheric. There's like this crazy, you know, horse spirit that she's fighting against. Or I, I don't even think that was revealed in that first trailer, but like just the, the waves and like the atmosphere and it just, it didn't feel like a kid's movie. It looked like a, a real like action thriller type movie. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was a fun time. And, and of course, you know, Frozen 2 has come and gone and I, I really enjoyed the film. Um, and we still talk about, you know, all kinds of different things on the Thodcast. Uh, and 
fact, most recently, like we, my brother and I had a bro down moment where we were kind of reminiscing about our video game playing days, and we were talking about the new movie Mortal Kombat that came out, and you know, so it's it's a full range of stuff that we talk about. So it's not necessarily just animation. It's mm-hmm. your Thoughtcast really is digging into multiple levels of e- the industry, mm-hmm. the film industry, the animation industry, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, storytelling and the film industry. I mean, we, we do most of the stuff we do, I mean, is is connected to animation some way because of like all blockbusters nowadays having heavy amounts of computer animation in their visual effects. Um, I, we did a, an episode, I guess probably the least amount of visual effects uh, in, included in one of the films we covered was probably the movie Joker. We, and, but we want to discuss that for the thematic elements and, of course, comic books, which are heavily tied to um, illustration and animation. Um, so yeah, it's been fun having my brother along to have these conversations because he's very insightful, very philosophical. He um, studied film and acting at Northwestern College in St. Paul. Very, you know, a lot of listeners will know what I'm talking about. Now, now it's called the University of Northwestern, uh, founded by Billy Graham, I believe. I don't know. Are you familiar with that school? I do not know the okay. history of it, but yeah. that's a that would be a little piece of info to know. Yeah, there's a great group of artists that have come out of that school and that program that um, my brother still collaborates with to this day. They're, they're making a, a film or a web series, I think, currently. Um, and it's, it's exciting to see where that's going. It looks oh, that's really... that's fantastic. I love yeah. that. Hidden Falls is what it's called. Ooh, yeah. that sounds intriguing already. <laughs> I want to yeah. know the, what the trailer is going to look like. <laughs> so as you put together this Thoughtcast, is it something that you plan out in advance or do you more just get on and start having a yeah. conversation? Uh, it's, it's pretty um, spontaneous because... I uh, I haven't done a lot of work trying to like uh, monetize it or make it into a, a business type of thing. It's it's really for fun, uh, and and that helps keep things kind of just casual and and um, amicable among us, you know, friends who try to just put it together. You know, it's it's not always consistently a week to week basis, which you kind of got to do if you um, want to make money doing this and attract. Yeah, advertisers and things. I'm terrible when it comes to show, social media, like I uh, and self promotion. Um, I just, you know, don't don't think about it very much. I just am like, oh crap, we have to record an episode. Uh, so, what what movie should we talk about this week or or next week if I happen to be planning it out, you know, a couple weeks in advance, which I try to do most of the time, but. Um. Oh, I understand. I mean, it's it really because people don't realize. I mean, even though, yeah, you get on and you do it, you still got to get it up. You got it. I mean, there's just there's a lot to it. Um, So I was curious. You mentioned Milan earlier Mm -hmm. and which actually was one of my favorite Disney animation films. And then now, of course, we have the Mulan, the real life one where, you know, I want to get your opinion about when they take movies and go from an animation to the real live version. I would love Mm -hmm. to hear your input on that. Input. See, <laughs> I brought your strengths finder yeah. in. Well, the reason why we have all these anim- adaptations of these famous animated films because uh, remakes sell. They're a big part of Hollywood ever, ever since um, the inception of filmmaking and, and uh, feature films. 
um, you know, The Wizard of Oz from 1939. It was a remake of a black and white film. I, it might have, I think, probably w- was even in, uh, a silent film before then. Um, so, like, if, if you have a movie that's successful, it becomes the source material for future films that are probably going to tell virtually the same story. Uh, so it, it is kind of a weird, like, cat eating its own tail where <laughs> these, these um, animated films <laughs> that are so precious, um, you know, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, they're making Little Mermaid currently, um, you know, Whatever, Lion King, I think Lion wasn't there King, Lion King app. Dumbo. Well, and some of them even Broadway musicals. Yeah, yeah. And these these are such famous, um, you know, f- films for people, you know, con- consuming films nowadays. But also, if if you want to remake these films, there's a huge market for that. Absolutely. And well, if you're going to remake them, you know, they started out as these animated films, so what better than to translate them into a whole new medium, live action? My, my goodness, yeah, that's kind of like adapting them for Broadway too, which has been mm-hmm. done for a lot of these. Um, and, and I guess the issue it it gets kind of odd because like these animated films were originally based on another source material to begin with. Mm-hmm. A lot of times public domain stories, um, you know, like A Thousand Arabian Nights, or wh- whatever it was called, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast, that's mm-hmm. based on fol- folklore. The Little Mermaid and Hans Christian Andersen story, he's adapting folklore. Um, so like, <laughs> it's now, yeah, it's, it's become this, this whole thing of like these Disney versions of these right. classic fairy tales uh, are are being, you know, repeatedly told and canonized, and um, it, you know, it you wouldn't have to do it the way they're doing it, where they're like perfectly trying to recapture the magic of the <laughs> original animated musicals that they made that were so successful. But it's like if you're going to tell that same story in a Disney fashion and not have the music, you'd be losing a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the music is such a huge part of it. So speaking of capturing the magic, I want to talk about the magic of the Lord. Yeah. And you and I were talking before we went on the air. There's this amazing story of the fisherman that has really just captured your hearts, captured your soul. And you and I were talking about, like, in a, in this roundabout way about like kind of this relationship to animation, relationship mm-hmm. to the films and your, your podcast. But I would love for you to share with people the story, how it hits you and like how you're bringing it to life. Um, yes, yeah, f- fisherman story. I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, I, I had a couple of passages from the Bible prepared for this, um, the, you know, there's Jesus healing the blind man at Bethsaida, which is uh, just about a guy who, you know, had he may have been um, born blind. I um, yeah, let's go to the blind story. I think I got yeah, blind and fisherman confused I, in my head. I, thank sure. you for clarifying it. Let's talk about the blind story, <laughs> the blind man story. The, Bethsaida, there's there's water involved. So oh yeah, that's where uh, I got that's where I got the fisherman. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, that, you know, he, Jesus heals this guy's eyesight. 
um, spitting in the mud and, and applying it to the eyes. But, uh, you know, initially, um, the blind man returns to him and says, like, you know, all I see are trees walking around. It didn't work fully. Um, and then Jesus, you know, puts his hands on his eyes once more. Uh, and then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored. Uh, he saw everything clearly. He, Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. I think this was an example of Jesus telling the person not to tell anyone, but of course, uh, you know, kind of reverse psychology. They, they go and tell everyone. Uh, this, was, th- this particular telling was uh, from Mark 8, uh, 22 through 26. I think it appears in Matthew as well. Um, but like that, that first instance of the healing, not fully engaging this person's faculties, their, their senses are, are unable to fully process what's going on. And so much of life is like the sensory overload, I think, for, for many of us, where we see things, but we have difficulty like truly perceiving um, what everything around us. And, you know, if we want to expand our, our bandwidth of information processing, which for me, vastly fluctuates from day to day or week to week or month to month year to year sometimes it seems it's pretty sad um i'm trying to regulate that more and more you know so that i can function as a professional in in my adult life um but um you know we we just have to keep christ as our center because he brings everything into focus um, you know, he restores our soul in the most purest of fashions. He atoned for everything that we could potentially, you know, count as, you know, shame against us or guilt, things that cloud our minds, things that, you know, cause us anxiety. Um, so so we have to remember his words. And, and you know, this goes to... Um, a lot of the messages that God passed down to his followers in the Old Testament, you know, the Israelites. Um, and there's even a, a passage in Mark, uh, um, I guess this was earlier in Mark, related to the act of, like, seeing but not perceiving or hearing but not, like, fully understanding, comprehending, you know, what you're hearing. And, and this is a moment where Jesus is quoting Isaiah you know, whoever has hears, let them hear. Uh, whoever, let's see, may uh, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. They may be hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And this was a moment where Jesus actually explained one of his parables, the parable of the sower. The sower. Um, and Jesus, you know, frequently taught in parables because this was a way for him to engage a broad audience. Just like how stories are a way to you know, transmit ideas to people who might not otherwise have, have be receptive to them. Um, now, you know, that I, that's why I love the power story particularly, because you can reach people at any level. Um, it, it's a metaphor, it's a parable. Um, and, and yeah, he explained this particular parable, the parable of the sower, to sort of illustrate why he speaks in parables to begin with, which is because, <laughs> you know, if he just said flat out what he meant, it would be a lot more, you know, 
I don't know, it would be more repulsive to people, I think. It would be um, too preachy or too stark. Um, you know, people would be too quick to criticize this, you know, lecture uh, that he's trying to give, you know, this act academic verbiage, this sheer text. You know, you have to use art and poetry, and I think that essence of God is just so um, universal that, that he uses colorful language. He uses beauty to speak into our hearts. Um, and so, yeah, this, this passage about um, comprehension um, really um, opens my eyes to the language of God. It's fascinating because as you speak about this, I think one thing that people don't realize is how beautiful the Bible is when mm -hmm. it comes to life. Like when you really grab it with all your senses and mm -hmm. take in its beauty, it's like a whole new level of everything. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. What haven't we covered re in regards to animation that still needs to be said? Like I feel like you've Ooh. got this little bit of time left. Like what haven't we said that needs to be said? Uh, well... I mean, if people are interested in actually learning animation, I mean, I totally encourage them. It takes it takes a lot of work, but people love to draw. A lot of people do. I mean, I'm I'm kind of weird that I, I don't as much as I do. <laughs> I and hopefully I'll get more into it too. But like, there are there are twelve principles that um, have long stood, um, you know, from squash and stretch to appeal. Uh, it, I won't list them all here, but like how we live our lives according to like the Ten Commandments. Animators live according to these twelve principles, and so it, you know you just it helps to break things down into simplified fashion, um, and just take them one step at a time, and just through practice and uh, and repetition. You, you will become a master over time. <laughs> I love this, Philip. And just like you said, just like living your life one step at a time, just like learning about the Lord one step at a time. One frame at a time. One frame at a time. I mean, this is it. This is how we live our lives. This is how animation makes this is how our lives live, right? Yeah. Philip, you are amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those that want to check out the Thodcast, you can hear more from Philip. Yes. All right. Thank you thank so you. much, Philip, for joining us. And thank you for thank choosing you, to be here. Live joy, share joy. Have an amazing day, everyone. Live joy, share joy, shine your light to the world. This is Deb McGregor of Lifeful of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.